Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on Monday. Uh, good morning. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. Uh, we're uh, excited to start a new week, uh, continue where we've uh, left off. Uh, we had a good, uh, fun time last week with Bob and Carrie Rockwell. Uh, uh, joining us. Yes. Uh, that was sure fun. Um, and then we had our end times discussion where we're getting into the uh, signs that Jesus said, well, watch for these. And uh, uh, it was kind of a fun discussion about birth pangs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, how, how clearly uh, you described that um, about, <laughs> um, you know, that what happens is, uh, which I only observed. <laughs> Uh, is, uh, you know, the, the contractions start happening and mm -hmm. they get more intense, they get more frequent. And then, the, you know, it gets moving, moving, moving. And all of a sudden, okay, here, here it is, you know, get ready to go. Mm -hmm. Linda, by the way, um, we have three children. Uh, we were married, you know, uh, when I was 20, she's 18. Wow. Um, so she had just, you know, getting out of high school. Um, I was only a junior in college. Because uh, I had gone through a kind of accelerated get, getting through, <laughs> we got we got married, um, and uh, back in those days, Kathy, um, a male under the age of twenty one, I could not go get married per se. Um, oh really? Yeah, I had to have my family, my my mom and dad, had to sign a document that they were approving of me getting married. Um, wow. Interesting. And now did Linda as well? No, interesting enough for the woman, um, if you were 18 or over, you didn't need it. So <laughs> it was just me. Wow, that's interesting. It was, right? it was just me, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to do that. Um, so then, um, you know, we, we uh, graduate. I graduate uh, in the middle of the year, three and a half years of college, and I go to grad school. Uh, and... After we get into grad school, Linda is pregnant mm -hmm. um, with, uh, and that was a shock. <laughs> uh, wasn't quite what you had planned? No, it wasn't what we had planned. And, and she just wasn't feeling great, you know, and she came. I remember coming out of the, out of the uh, obstetrician's office. I'm sitting in the waiting room. Uh -huh. um, and uh, actually, it was a gynecologist. And, and uh, she, I thought she's going in to figure out what the problem was. Um, and she comes out and she says, well, I know the problem. <laughs> oh, no. uh, what? She says, uh, I'm pregnant. Um, and I said, you know, no. Um, and by the way, for her, it was very unusual because uh, she was now close to four months pregnant. And she had, for three months, had continued to have her period. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, which so is, she really had no idea. She had no idea. And when she told me, I thought she was kidding. You know, like, wow. nah, 
you know, what really is the problem? You know, <laughs> she said, yeah, I'm pregnant. And she gives me the, you know, the slip of what the doctor said. I said, uh oh, <laughs> we're, we're going to have a baby. I got to, I got to get going here. Um, so we, uh, uh, you know, she, uh, five months later, Linda, she never really looked pregnant. Um, you know, up, up toward the end, she got a little bit big, but um, right. she just carried it. And that was true for all of the pregnancies, but. Lucky uh, lady. <laughs> uh, I finished my last final. Uh, and literally the next day, uh, the contract, the contractions happen. Um, uh-huh. And then, you know, and, they, and the birth pangs come and it gets more and more intense. And then this, the day after that, uh, her water broke and she said, you know, this is it, you know, and mm-hmm. okay. So we go to the hospital and this is true for all of her babies. But after that moment, we drive to the hospital mm-hmm. and she delivers in two hours. Oh my goodness. Every time it was, she delivered in two hours. Um, and, uh, and I said, gee, that was pretty easy. Wasn't it? Honey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she I said she, correct uh, she corrected me. <laughs> uh, she said, no, uh, if you could trade places with me, you'd, you'd understand it, you know, but uh, uh, it was really interesting. Just that whole discussion of uh, birth pangs and then this and then the speed. Interesting enough, it picks mm-hmm. up speed and intensity and then boom, you know, there it is. Uh, and so we talked about that last Friday about uh, birth pangs. And um, one of the reasons that you and I are having this podcast is uh, what we call it is come and see, uh, mm-hmm. finding truth in a world of chaos is one of the birth pangs, mm-hmm. uh, is chaos. Yes. And again, on multiple fronts. Yeah. And multiple fronts. Yeah. And in my, and my lifetime, um, regularity was experienced, you know, almost my entire life. Of, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not talking about not having economic cycles and, and things happen, but there was a predictability to it. There was mm-hmm. a order to it. Uh, the governments of the world, you know, there was obviously there was conflict and stuff, but fundamentally there was order and there was cooperation. And uh, mm-hmm. politically in our, in our country, there was, uh, yeah, there's two sides, but uh, there was cooperation to it. There was order. Right. Um, well, we've seen, uh, just in the last 10 years, the intensity of chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and chaos being defined as abrupt change that isn't predicted, that mm-hmm. has an outcome that isn't known normally. Uh, right. So that would be chaos. And so, we, you know, we're experiencing it uh, right now. And uh, again, over uh, over the weekend, a couple things um uh, Israel, we've talked a lot about Israel. Right. Um, uh, uh, Gantz, who is uh, the uh, defense minister now in the new government, um, he came out and, and said that um, Israel is preparing to attack Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way I read that is... He's trying to set Iran on notice, right? That you better you'd better stop, you know, these attacks. I was going to say this is a retaliatory thing, right? What, well, it's 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 it's, it's a little that... bit stronger. They've been attacked out of Lebanon, um, okay. and this this happened recently. They've been attacked out of Lebanon again, Hezbollah, 
Okay. Uh, and they're lobbying uh, missiles into uh, northern uh, Israel, uh, which they're blocking pretty well, by the way. But right. whenever that happens, again, their philosophy is if you attack us, we're coming after you. Right. So they're, they, are, they are coming after uh, Hezbollah somewhat in um, uh, Lebanon, but they basically have said, and they probably know more, more than uh, they're telling us, mm-hmm. that uh, behind this all is Iran. Right, and so they they basically have stated, we're we're preparing to come after you. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they haven't said how, what, or when. Uh, they just made that statement. Uh, what the way I read it is, do I think Israel is going to a full scale attack against Iran? No. Uh, what I think is that they're they're telling them, mm-hmm. you need to stop stop attacking us. If you keep attacking us and you keep supplying the people to attack us uh, mm-hmm. and you intensify it, then we're coming after you because they know right. they're, they're the source of it. So I think that's a threat. But again, it's contributing to the chaos of, well, that'll be interesting, you know, to see, right. see how that plays out and what happens with uh, Hezbollah and uh, attacking, uh, potentially attacking Iran, which is just a statement mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and then uh, economically, a um, couple of interesting things is that um, uh, the uh, uh, projections of the economy is that it's slowing down um, and could be impacted dramatically by the next wave of COVID, right. which is called the Delta variant and then the Columbia variant. Uh, and again, it's, it's a kind of a political uh, football right now is uh, what does the data really show and what are they going to do with it? Mm-hmm. But there's a threat. And by the way, this is worldwide to th- shut down the economies again. Right. Uh, well, that's going to cause a lot of chaos uh, one more mm-hmm. time uh, uh, in terms of the impact of that and what's going to happen with that. Um, and the numbers for inflation continue to uh, rise. And, you know, the Fed has been saying uh, transitory. Mm-hmm. Uh, temporary, not, but they're starting to change their language. Right. Uh, this might be long. This might be a little bit longer. And by the way, more intense. You know, so right. Uh, well, and isn't so? It's interesting to me that you know, and there's cycles to this. I understand, but that this is all coming. The rumors of locking down again, and some of these parameters that are coming in are also coming on the heels of certain. Um, um, government supplements and things ending. And so now suddenly they're having valid reasons to potentially re-up some of the yes. government handouts. Yes. Um, you know, just an example of that would be um, the uh, uh, period for um, ending uh, the inability of landlords to evict non-paying right. renters ended uh, last week. Right. Uh, well, um the landlords were were basically and remember interesting enough and this is this is something that's going to contribute to the chaos but if you're a renter and you haven't been paying for now a year and a half mm-hmm. well think think of the magnitude of that right if you if you just took um, you know what you would pay for a mortgage or pay for rent mm-hmm. and just multiply it by 18 right that's a big number by the way, absolutely a number that and there's somebody on the other side of that who's not receiving that. Who's not receiving either. that? Uh, but that's a big number, uh, mm-hmm. and 
the majority, and that we're talking about, interesting enough, almost something like um, 85% of the American people live week to week. Mm. Uh, they don't have a saving. They don't have a dramatic saving. They don't have a, so they, right. they're eight ti- 18 times their rent. The truth is they don't have it available to pay uh, because they've been living off government subsidy and they've been using their money not to pay rent, but to do, try just to exist and live. Um, so their money's gone. It's not like they saved it. Mm-hmm. Well, the moratorium being ended was supposed to basically say this, you owe all that money, which is legitimate. You know, they, they mm-hmm. were, they, they were, you know, just like if I, if I have a mortgage on a house. Oh, so it wasn't just a pass on it. No, I thought it was just a pass. No, no, it was it was okay. You didn't okay. have to you didn't have to pay the cash flow of it, but you are obligated to pay right. what is owed. Um, wow, and and okay. so not How only in the world is that going to happen? Well, just think or... about that. So so <laughs> so now, um, you got to pay it back. Eighty five percent of the people, they say, well, we can't do that. We don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, even even the struggle of, of paying just current rent, just start paying rent, right? Uh, which is how you interpreted it, is, um, well, they just had to start paying rent. No, they got to pay rent and they got to pay everything back. Wow. Um, well, um, what happened, uh, and again, this is what you're saying about uh, the impact of this, uh, is that the CDC came out and said, uh, we're extending the moratorium till October. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, multiple levels of chaos with that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, one is, uh, by the way, they still are going to owe the money at the end of that, um, but they don't have to pay it at the moment. And then, of course, the the biggest pushback on that uh, is from landlords uh, who yeah. say, "Hey, I haven't been paid for eighteen months, yeah, and I still had to pay my mortgage, and I've I've still had to pay my mortgages, right. and." Um, I can't, I can't afford another six months of this where I don't get paid. Mm-hmm. If they're not there, then I need to get them out so that somebody who is willing to pay can pay. Right. Um, but they just put in a moratorium. Okay. So that's one level of chaos, which is mm-hmm. disruptive. And by the way, um, because of these programs ending like unemployment, uh, uh benefits, uh, stimulus payments, mm-hmm. uh, rent abatement, those are all ending. Right. So there's a there's a motivation uh, by uh, uh, you know politicians to say, well, let's keep paying that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a shutdown, a lockdown, that would say, well, we have to. That would justify it. Right? Yeah, it would, it would justify doing it. They don't even have to decide to do it. They would just justify doing it. Okay. Now on top of it, and here's another level of chaos. And this is interesting. <laughs> Uh, the CDC, and I've been in medi- medicine my entire career. The CDC uh, is the Center for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. That's what it's. That's what it is. That's what it's always been. Um, and it's supposed to just manage uh, the diseases of the of the nation and the world. Uh, so that like, uh, and originally, by the way, it started out to control malaria. 
really? Yep. Oh. Uh, we got to have yeah, we got to have a central agency to try to help us uh, control malaria, which they did, and they did it really effectively. Um, so that um, when an outbreak happens of uh, mm-hmm. you know it could be influenza, it could be uh, Ebola, um, all these different things. There there have uh, laboratories that are that are mm-hmm. uh, trying to uh, get to the bottom of everything, the causes of the roots of it, and then they put out notices that you know there's an outbreak here, and therefore here's here's a recommendation on the outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the ones primarily controlling the uh, motivation of quarantine, mask, okay. mask. Right quarantine, mask, uh, vaccines, Vaccines, Uh, all that's coming out of the CDC uh, and the leadership of the CDC. Well, (laughs) okay, uh, we get that, uh, understand that. Um, CDC is the one that came out and said, we have a moratorium on rent. Uh, Well, wait a second, Um, they're they're disease. They're not economic. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. they're economic, and and the Supreme Court ruled uh, six weeks ago. The CDC doesn't have the authority to do that, okay. but they but they did it anyway. But they did. Did they do the initial one? Or they did the initial one. Okay. Um, and and I then, had no idea. Yeah, and then they just did it again, including we know that we don't have the authority to do it, but we're we're declaring this to be so. So you know what's going to happen now, and, and see. So remember, I'm just trying to describe chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you're going to have all kinds of legal challenges to that, right? To say, wait a second, the Supreme Court decided, and you're doing, and you don't have the authority to do this, and isn't it supposed to be from the lawyer or from the uh, politicians, the mm-hmm. senators and congressmen that we elected to decide if they're going to do that or not? Um, right. And they bypass that, yeah. <laughs> So, um, and again, it's not a matter of, uh, again, you could look at, at all sides of this and say, well, they should do that. And that's a good thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even debating any of that at right. all. Um, because really on the other side of every policy is an actual person. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. there's, there's a lot of moving back. Yeah, absolutely. Here. So but, I, I'm not yeah. debating, uh, I'm not debating the, the uh, decision. What I'm, de- what I'm saying to us is it's contributing to the chaos because Absolutely. we aren't following normal established mm-hmm. order yes. protocol uh how we function you know because our mm-hmm. our st- our nation was built on um a three-legged stool mm-hmm. uh and that is the uh what's called the uh uh judicial branch mm-hmm. uh the courts the executive branch and the legislative branch and the way it right. was intended to work, uh, which was the setup. And it, and it worked that way for, uh, you know, several hundred years, actually. Mm-hmm. Laws were made by the senators and congressmen. Um, and again, they had this uh, brilliant um, idea of how to do this. And by the way, it was born out of a interesting event um, at the uh, Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, the legislators came together, and they're forming the country. Now, remember, we're a country already. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have leadership of it. George Washington is is heading it up, and they're deciding the structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is our democracy? How is that going to function in reality? And so they had set up already set up. Okay, let's have an executive branch, the presidency. Let's have a judicial branch, the courts, and let's have this legislative branch that makes the law that contributes to the laws and and of the people by the people elected by the people. Well, um, back then, and remember you think of the original 13 colonies. Mm -hmm. There's big ones and small ones. The big ones said, um, let's do it by uh, representation of size. And and when Mm -hmm. I say big, I'm talking about population. Population, right. Um, And the small ones said, (laughs) No, land, land. <laughs> uh, we want it by equal representation. Mm-hmm. So let's have equal vote. Nobody has more votes than the other, and so they were stuck, and they were, and they're debating back and forth, and yeah, but yeah, but, and they couldn't come to a conclusion. Uh, so Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. and they're in Philadelphia. Uh, he says, "Okay, everybody, look, we don't know. Um, let's go ask God." Mm. And um, uh, we're gonna. All of us are gonna go out. We're gonna fast and pray, and we're all gonna ask all the preachers of Philadelphia to speak to us what they hear God say, and then we'll come back and let's see what what God said because I believe we'll get an answer from God. Right. So, so they do. So they fast and pray. They go out the next day. All the preachers of the city go to their churches and they all show up and they preach uh, what they believe God is saying. They hear it. Um, and it basically was around uh, justice and fairness. Mm-hmm. And so they come back, and while they're out there, um, uh, and it wasn't Franklin himself, but other people said, you know what, I think we can do both. Mm. Uh, what do you mean? Let's have one, one branch of legislation be equal. Mm-hmm. The other branch be uh, by, by population. Right. And then those two uh, uh, bodies have to negotiate the law. Mm-hmm. And then when they get it settled and vote on it together, uh, one, they both agree to the same language, then mm-hmm. send it to the executive branch and they have to sign it. And they had a veto pro- uh, process already that right. if the president disagreed, he could veto it, but then it could be overridden. Uh, and so that's how the Senate and, and the Congress was developed. Senate, two, two senators per state, equal vote. Mm-hmm. Congress, population. Right. Um, and it was, it was brilliant, um, you know, mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, so the order that was always intended was that body who's representing the people makes, make and contribute in making law. Mm-hmm. They decide it, they negotiate it, get it agreed to. Then they send it to the executive branch. The executive branch signs it or doesn't sign it, but they primarily would. Um, then the court, the whole court system, uh, all the way from city, uh, state, and uh, federal, including the Supreme Court, they were strictly called to interpret right. uh, according to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. the laws that were now agreed to. Um, so they could say, yep, that's valid. 
or uh, you know what that doesn't conform to the Constitution, um, and so we don't we don't we what we call strike that law down, mm-hmm. and you got to go back. You got to go back and redo it because it's not valid. And of course, it would it would be done by individual cases like it right. is today. You know, uh, somebody brings it a cause and they do it. Okay, so that was order. And it was understood, and our country was built on these three legs with the with the purpose of never having dominance in any of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is what happened in England. Right. Uh, and they they already were coming from that and said, let's make sure that no none of those can dominate. They all have to mm-hmm. check and balance each other. So, <laughs> in the last um, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, couple things have happened, and that is that uh, the executive branch has taken on the role of making law. It's called an executive mm-hmm. order. Right. So and I, that's it, happened more and more often. More and more often. And by the way, it happens on both sides. So that yes. when the Republicans, Trump became president, he signed hundreds of executive orders, mm-hmm. counteracting what was there before him, Obama. Right. Okay, Trump gets defeated and Biden steps in. He signs hundreds of executive yeah. orders and they become, in a sense, law. Mm-hmm. This is the law of the land. It, it bypassed uh, Congress. Which uh, really, I'm going to age myself in this. But that takes away all the beautiful sentiment that I remember from watching that little cartoon bill on Capitol yeah. Hill and yeah. the song playing through <laughs> right. my mind of how a bill right. becomes a law. That's it. Right? Yeah. I remember that. You remember that? <laughs> I uh, do. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and then the courts, uh, and this happened again uh, over the last 40, 50 years, uh, they became initiators of law as well. Mm-hmm. So um, they were, uh, and they became what's called uh, politically active so that Instead of of just interpreting what the Congress had decided as law, they said, well, we've decided that we are going to determine the law, mm-hmm. and it's not related to you. It's, it's what we decide. And so that's why today uh, a circuit judge, for example, that mm-hmm. can be in a state can, can uh, basically annul the entire state, uh, federal, all states' uh, laws by a simple ruling. I've decided really? that. And then because what happens is it's, it's called precedence. Mm-hmm. And because he decided it, now everybody can say, well, that's the new law. So it doesn't matter that our state law says this. We're mm-hmm. following that. And that's the case they'll actually cite to make their argument. That's right. That's correct. right. And then, and then, of course, it can be challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't agree with that. So it goes up, up, up the system. Appeal, it's called appeals. Mm-hmm. And it winds up uh, potentially in the Supreme Court where they then rule, but then they become the law of the land as well. Right. Uh, so, um, but they're ruling on somebody else that had made the law, mm-hmm. not, not the law that was established by Congress. Um, but even that was semi- uh, workable and orderly uh, in terms of how we function. But what's happened now is that the departments that is really under the executive branch, so like the CDC mm-hmm. was established by the executive branch. Okay. We need a department uh, to handle disease. Okay, we need a Department of Defense. 
Right. Uh, we need a Department of Health and Education. Um, that's all. That's all created by the executive branch. Mm-hmm. Um, well, nowhere <laughs> are any of those departments ever to declare anything as law. They're just supposed to manage. They're just supposed to manage things uh, and contribute to things and follow. Even even mm-hmm. the military has to follow the law of the land. They can't go and make their own law. Right. Uh, well, the CDC just made their own law. Uh, mm. I extend the moratorium. And, and people are, <laughs> are saying, and I'm talking about people who are uh, constitutional in nature, are saying, wait a second. And even forgetting whether I agree or disagree with what you just did isn't orderly according to the structure we have in place. Mm, so, uh, okay. what, so what does that mean? Well, um, so it's not even necessarily objecting to what's being done, but the process by which it's happening. The process and the fact that you don't really have the authority to do that. And, and it's not through due process. It's not a matter of let's not discuss it, but let's just go to right. the legislature and let them discuss it and come up with an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, even potentially an executive order, which is uh, a problem all by itself. But the CDC declares. Declare, so. And here's what I'm trying to get to in, the, in terms of the impact of that. And that is that um, chaos mm-hmm. is disorder. Right. So whenever you have a system that is functioning and you have a new entry into changing that without due process, mm-hmm. you've just introduced chaos. Mm-hmm. So um, as we talk about the, the impact of it just per se, uh, underneath it is another level of chaos, which is the order of how we function is being altered. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, what does that mean? It'll, it'll impact downstream Right. More and more chaos because if that's if that's uh, not challenged and and uh, uh, you know put back to the way it's supposed to be, other departments can then say, well, then we declare this mm-hmm. and we declare this, um, uh, and so it's an interesting thing to me of seeing uh, the chaos you know that we have that is certainly picking up uh, speed because of it. Uh, and what mm-hmm. I see is that the chaos will contribute and continue to get more intense. Um, okay, now what, the, what does that mean to me? Um, I don't know what to do. Uh, how do I handle that? What do, how do I process that? Um, what is that going to mean for me in terms of my economics and my lifestyle and my living? Um, how is that going to impact you know, what I'm doing or my, or my community? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, this is what you and I are trying to say is exactly. Uh, right. We don't know, uh, but we do know who does know. And that's, that's God, the Father, uh, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. He says, well, this doesn't surprise me any. Um, mm-hmm. and, and interesting enough, he says, it doesn't limit me in providing to you the abundant life Mm -hmm. uh, because it's not subject to the difficulty of the world. It's, it's about what I can do by providing for you answers, resolution, things that only I can do supernaturally and guidance for you to have wisdom to know Mm -hmm. what to do next and what to prepare for. So that's, that's why we are so committed to abiding and seeking God's will 
because without it, uh, we're going to get more and more, I would say, hopeless, mm -hmm. discouraged, fearful, uh, worried. And he says, well, you don't need to be. Um, mm -hmm. You can live a life of, of joy, peace, righteousness, freedom, uh, tremendous expectation, because uh, I can do this. Um, and, and that's all we're trying to do is share with you that we see the chaos and we see it going, you know, with examples, we can see it going more and more chaotic, which should promote us all to say, well, then I need to know some answers. And what right. we're, and we're saying, by the way, you and I, as we know, we don't have any answers. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, but, we, but we do, we do know who does. And what we're trying to, to help you understand is, is just get connected um, right. and start to follow because he'll guide you uh, personally throughout mm -hmm. this, you know, chaos. Uh, uh, it's funny, even as you say that, it reminds me of the verse in Psalms 23. We've talked about yep. it before, but how he talks about that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy. Yeah, yeah. And so in the middle of it, he is still preparing. And I think even that illustration, preparing a table before us, you know, he has food for us. He has bread for us. He says he is the bread of life. And I think about how many people, this just, I was on a walk with somebody the other day. This is a bit of a tangent, but go with me on it because I think you'll see where I'm going. Um, I was on a walk with somebody the other day who was really just seeking some wisdom and I, we were bouncing around just thoughts and I'm talking to her about her time and, you know, is she asking, is she really seeking? And, and um, she was a little too busy to, and I even suggested, I said, you know, really, you are going into the fire tonight in this situation you're walking into. I would really encourage you to set aside time today, fasting and praying and really seeking, getting in his word and feeding on that. He is the bread of life. And she's like, fasting, do I really have to fast? And I'm like, no, you don't have to fast. Um, but I'm just saying, I want you, I want you to really get in his word and seek him. But then I thought about, I heard something later, um, later on that was a podcast that even talked about, um, how his word is the bread of life mm. and how interesting that we fight often. I mean, all of us, a lot of times cringe at the idea of fasting from food because I can't go all day long without food. I can't go all week long without food. What would happen to me if I did not eat today? Let's flip that. And he says, he's the bread of life. I can't go a moment without hearing what he has to say. Right. I can't go a mo a day without knowing what he the wisdom he has to give me a week without. Why do we so quickly relinquish going without the true bread of life, but we won't go without food? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know that is interesting. Um, and as you say that, um, Psalm twenty three, uh, he prepares a table. Uh, by the way, a feast uh, in mm -hmm. uh, in the presence of my enemy. Um, and then, by the way, it keeps going. Uh, it says, surely goodness and mercy, mercy shall follow me all the rest of the days of my life. Okay, now this is really cool. Um, <clears throat> the Hebrew word for mercy mm -hmm. is covenant loyalty. I love that. <laughs> uh, surely uh, exceptional, what I call mm -hmm. exceptional goodness, supernatural, superb, the abundant life. That's really the same word mm -hmm. as abundant life. Yeah. And my, God speaking, my loyalty to the covenant, mm -hmm. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing, will follow you 
all the days of your life, right. uh, which is implying that it's always available and right. you have to you have to receive it. It's always there. A lot of people don't receive it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always there. And that's why as we're trying to talk about chaos and you and you talk about, uh, you know, the beauty of walking with God mm-hmm. is that um, circumstance doesn't matter. Right. It's right in the presence of our enemies. Yep. Not pulling you out of it. Yeah. You're right in the middle of it. <laughs> and as we talked about uh, last Wednesday, um, as we're thinking of God's will, and you're, you were trying to illustrate that with this woman, is uh, it's a simple choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you just spend time with God speaking? Why don't you just spend time with me? Um, I understand. I, 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 God speaking, I, mm-hmm. I know what you're going through. Um, right. I know all about it. I have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. Come and spend time with me. Um, and, and we remember we said Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20 says, I set before you life or death, blessing or cursing, choose life, mm-hmm. uh, walk with me. Um, and he said, now this is possible because I've given you myself to be able to walk with me. So it, see, it's mm-hmm. not, it's interesting enough, and this is where we, we kind of get stuck as believers. We kind of th- take it on of, of us in our natural state. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to make sure I do everything perfectly. Right. Uh, and that's following God. He said, no, it's, it's you following me as I'm guiding you through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which I placed within you. I'll do the, I'll do the work, you know, come and enjoy it. And he says, and, and the reason that you uh, can do that is because um, Christ gave us uh, the insight and the example of that. So go to uh, John chapter 5. Uh, uh, yeah, John chapter 5, and read verses uh, 18 to 20, and then verse 30. Jesus Jesus makes an interesting statement here. Right. <clears throat> this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these, he will show that he will show him so that you may have marvel, so that you may marvel. And then verse 30, I can do nothing on my own as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Yep. And then uh, let's add to that and go to John 8, 28 to 30. So Jesus uh, speaks again about this so we can kind of put this together. John uh, 8, 28 to 30. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Yep. Uh, So Jesus, um, as he uh, was on earth and he came, obviously, as a man, uh, the Son of God, um, he says, I only did mm-hmm. where the father was at work i only did what i what i heard the father speak i only did what pleases 
the mm-hmm. Father because he said, um, I've come to do only the will of the Father. Right. Um, so he understood the relationship of uh, my father. And, he, and he, we started out this whole podcast series with John 15. Mm-hmm. Christ said, I'm the vine. The father is the vine dresser. He's, yeah. he's the one that has the plan. He's the one that carries out uh, everything uh, as a decision maker and has a will. Um, and, and, he, and Jesus said, um, I don't approach even, even my ministry, which he said, um, I understand what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I know the purpose of what I'm doing. And he, he describes it to his disciples, which, by the way, they, they didn't quite understand. But, you know, I'm going to go to my death. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be resurrected. And, of course, it just went over their head. It's like, eh, you know, I don't know what that is. But, uh, we're, you know, you're the Messiah and we're going to take mm-hmm. over, you know. And <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, they didn't quite understand it. But he said, I understand you know, my purpose uh, and why I've come. And, you know, and he's, it, it began, uh, uh, of course, he was, remember, he was baptized by John. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit that came upon him. And basically mm-hmm. it's, okay, now at age 30, you're, this is it, you know. Right. Um, interesting enough, the first thing he does, um, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but where did, when, after he's baptized, where does, where does he wind up going? Into the wilderness. Like, he oh, went into the right. wilderness. And um, he's 40 days, 40, he day, goes, 40 days yeah. uh, of being with the Father only. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is communing mm-hmm. with, you know, basically he's, he's getting instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, exactly. <laughs> uh, how is this going to work? You know, and well, uh, I want you to call 12 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to know who they are? Yep. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who they are. Are they going to be, are you talking about Pharisees? Um, are you talking about, uh, Sadducees or these educated religious guys? Mm-hmm. They, you know, cause they study the word. They know the word. Uh, it'll be those guys, right? Uh, No. Um, it's going to be people that know nothing. Right. Um, have, have you been watching The Chosen at all? I haven't seen that, now. I hear oh, it's good, you, though. You need to watch it. It's good. Oh, it, good. It, it brings life to what you're describing yeah. here, just because it, it, it brings it all to life, yeah. watching it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, these are going to be uneducated guys, not high in society, uh, don't have much religious uh, understanding, uh, but they have hearts. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, and one of them, by the way, is going to betray you. And uh, so he sorted all that through um, for that 40 days as he's understanding, okay, and, and you are going to go. Remember, we're going to have you go to the crucifixion, and you will be resurrected, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's tempted by Satan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes through that. Um, and then he starts, begins, starts his ministry. Um, and again... Uh, and this is really uh, cool as we understand, you know, what Jesus was and did is that God, the father said, just, just walk with me 
and I'll, I'll alert you mm-hmm. and tell you, you know, what to do and how to do it, uh, what to do next. And because so it wasn't like, okay, great. You've got 40 days under your belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, day one, start preaching, start doing this, start, you know, he just said, just relax. Uh, I'll show you. It started, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll show you. So <laughs> the first thing he does, uh, he's with his mom, and they go to a wedding mm-hmm. in Cana. Uh, and uh, Cana is about uh, probably a half a day walk, maybe a little bit longer mm-hmm. than a half a day walk from uh, Nazareth where they were living. Um, and a wedding uh in the Jewish time, it was definitely, by the way, that's why most weddings um, for a long, long time around the world occurred in the summer mm-hmm. because that's what it was uh, in, the, in the Hebrew time because um, it would be one big party. Right. And uh, a long event, not a just long a couple event. hours. And no, it was, it was, it was right. five, six, seven days uh, event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have all these guests come. Uh, the, uh, they're present to the bride and the bridegroom was always the same food. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a Christian potluck. Um, you, <laughs> you bring, you bring food for you and enough for other mm-hmm. people. So you had all these people bring all this food so they could survive the week of eating. Cause the, cause the parents couldn't support that. Uh, the father mm-hmm. would provide the wine. Right. Um, and you know, for us, it would be the equivalent of providing, um, you know, water, uh, bubbled water and soda pop. Uh, mm-hmm. that's what they, they drank wine, um, as a normal course of mm-hmm. drinking. Uh, and it was, it was less diluted than we have wine today. So it wouldn't have been as alcoholic. It was alcoholic because of the way but it was indeed alcoholic. It yes. was alcoholic the way they make it, but it would be wine. And, uh, the father would provide that throughout the entire week. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he's there, and just his disciples are there. He's there, um, and so he's already called them. Uh, they're with him, uh, and he's with his mom, and they run out of wine. Mm-hmm. So his mom goes, uh, okay, son, take care of it. Um, he understood what that meant. Um, it, By the way, it didn't mean... Um, go out and buy more wine. Um, she said, fix the problem. Take care right. of it. Okay, now. Which, and I love you've talked before about the fact yeah. that that means she'd seen him do this before. She, she had absolutely this seen him do this before. Her. Yes. <laughs> uh, he'd done this at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, it was just click, click, got it. Okay, they got a big problem. Uh, take care of it. Uh, Jesus's response was, it is not my time, woman. (laughs) Um, And of course, she says, yes, it is. Uh, You know, it turns to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, because of this statement that we just read in John uh, 5 and and John 8, Jesus says, I did nothing except what the Father told me. Right. And he started the process with, no, it isn't my time. Now, mm-hmm. the reason he said that was, I haven't heard anything from the Father that that's something I'm supposed to do. And so, therefore, no, I'm not doing it. And she said, ah, you got to reconsider that. Um, mm-hmm. 
which he did. So he goes right. to the father. Okay, father, uh, are you saying I'm supposed to I'm supposed to do this miracle, turn water to wine? Yep, this is it. Okay. Uh, see, it was it was the spiritual process of I understood while I'm doing life. Mm-hmm. God gave me a assignment, and I understood it, and I carried it out. You know, go fill these water these jugs with water, and they were sixty gallon jugs, mm-hmm. um, and then go draw it out uh, for the master. And they, he got it, and he said, "Man, um, uh, uh, this is the best wine ever." Uh, usually they dilute it to make it even more watered down, but you made the best. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and interesting enough, um, he, that was his first miracle. Mm-hmm. His mom knew, knew about it. Jesus knew about it. The servants knew about it because right. they experienced it, and they were overwhelmed. But interesting enough, the key was the disciples. They, mm-hmm. they, they saw it. And they saw the miracle, and it said after they saw the miracle, they believed. Mm. It's like everything he's been telling us, ah, you know what? This is it. Right. Now, they didn't fully understand it all, and they had a hard time even believing further miracles, but it said they believed that Mm -hmm. what he just had told them was so because of that miracle. Right. Uh, So the beautiful thing is we're trying to understand God's will is that, and we'll get into this again uh, in depth next time, uh, is that um, Christ said, uh, well, this is, um, this is how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed God, the Father's will, all the time. Right. And, uh, and we're going to learn, as he said in John 15, 5, which we'll repeat again next time, is apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, you people, you believers, you, you humans can be in that same spot mm-hmm. of doing only what the Father speaks because I have placed myself within you. And do you have a heart to follow here and process mm-hmm. so that he can, he can tell you, yes, this is my will, when? Today. Yeah. Um, and by the way, it's out of the understanding, like you, like you introduced us today, is it's in the presence of your enemy. Mm-hmm. Things are things are not going to be rosy, but um, I'm going to prepare the feast in front of that. And by the way, uh, the the abundant life and covenant loyalty, my loyalty to the covenant, is going to follow you the whole all your time. You you mm-hmm. can count on that as you seek my will. So we'll we'll talk more about that. So we're we're again at the end. Boy, uh, how much fun are we having? Uh, this is. The- this is I the, love I love that we get to have these conversations. Yeah, it's, it's such uh, a blessing. It is uh, it is really cool how God takes it to to uh, illustrate truth. And again, if you got questions, uh, send them in uh, on the podcast, uh, YouTube comments, or email us at AFJ Ministry questions at afjministry.com, questions at afjministry.com. Um, and Kathy and I, we just keep getting we just keep getting more excited. Yes. Uh, to keep sharing uh, these beautiful truths with you and help help all of us understand the beauty and the wonder of walking mm-hmm. walking with God. You know, how fun is how fun is that? Absolutely. It's a privilege. If you enjoyed today, be a friend, tell a friend. We have a great week ahead. Yep. And uh, we just really appreciate all of you guys joining us. It is a privilege. Yep. Yep. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. 
brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.